this is going down. Dan Wetzel from yes. Yahoo Sports joins us. Always one of my favorite guests here on 3HL. Wetzel, how are you? Uh, I'm great. Thank you, Don. Hope everyone is well there. How crazy has the last couple of days been <laughs> for you, for college football, for coaches, for players? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's it's look, this time of year is always uh, a little, you know, there's always the coaching carousel and there's always the playoff and who's going to get in. And then there's, and and the signing day when they move that up, which they never should have done, but we can get to that. Uh, so much happens, but what we never saw before was guys leaving one high major job for another high major job. Um, normally you get to one of these great places and a coach would stay as long as they possibly could and try to win national champions at their little fiefdom. And so you had these coaches that, you know, stayed for 20, 30, you know, Bear Bryant, Bobby Bowden, Bo, Woody, Tom Osborne, Joe Pa, these guys, you know, even a, even a Phil Fulmer, things like that. You stay as long as you can until you're fired or you get too old or there's some scandal or something. But you didn't just sit there and say, hey, I think I'm going to jump over to this job. So – when Lincoln Riley bails on Oklahoma, undoubtedly one of those spots that you don't leave and goes to USC, and then 24 hours later, Brian Kelly does the same thing from Notre Dame where no one leaves if they if they don't have to, um, and goes to LSU. These aren't college-to-pro jumps. This is college-to-college. College. That was brand new. And then having Kelly leave when his team still has a a, a – reasonable, I don't know what it would be, what are you term it, but some kind of chance to still make a playoff and compete for a national title, that timing is absolutely crazy. I mean, how do you leave when you still have a chance? Uh, so those two things combined made it like a 24-hour period unlike anything else I've seen. So let me ask you this. Which surprised you more, the Lincoln-Riley departure or the Brian Kelly departure? Kelly because of the timing, but there had been a lot of buzz about Kelly. You know, what about USC? What He, he had kept saying, oh, look, I'm too old now. I'm just going to stay here. This is it. And, and their recruiting was really picking up. Like Notre Dame has done very, very well the last couple of years. They've started to build enough talent where maybe they, they can get into a playoff and compete a little better with Alabama or something like that. Um. So at his age, yeah, I didn't, I, you know, he, he, every time you talk to him, now this is where I'm going to retire. We're good. We got this set up. I'm going to enjoy this. I built it. Uh, so that was surprising. And then just the idea, like, would you, I mean, again, like, all they need to have happen this weekend is Georgia beat Alabama by, like, a touchdown and either Michigan lose, Cincinnati lose, or Oklahoma State lose, all three of whom could lose without being some big shock upset. Right. And Notre Dame is in the playoff. Like, that's basically, like, they, okay, are they, would they be the favorite to win the national title in the playoff? No. But it's a four-team playoff. All you do is win two games. They have a chance. So a coach leaving like that is just crazy. That one would surprise, that surprised me the most. Lincoln Riley, I thought, would go to the NFL, not USC. That one just kind of came out of, out of left field. Or, well, there was, you know, after, after he shot down the LSU rumors, that that was specific. They're both just surprises, but the Kelly timing to me is is uh, it's just crazy. Um, the 
well, and you talk about the college football playoff, then the rankings come out and the committee basically says that the fact that Notre Dame does not have their head coach that started the season with them actually will play into their decision after this week and on it where Notre Dame sits, which is just absurd to me and completely not fair. Am I off base there? No, well, I mean, you feel bad for the Notre Dame players. They didn't do anything. They, they didn't yeah. quit. Their coach quit. Um, but I, just I mean, they found I, out in a text message with yeah, the 7 a.m. Right. meeting call. I'll be to see you the next day, but here you go. <laughs> yeah, see, again, you're be there at 7. Like, can't we do this at, like, 11.15, coach? Like, right. I don't really want to get up that early. <laughs> well, you um, better have Starbucks waiting for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, don't bring, you better bring donuts. You know you got the money. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you can afford it. The whole Dunkin' Donuts should show up. Um, the the uh, the idea that you would essentially punish these players because there's no defense for this, right? It's not like, well, you should have won by more. Okay, fine. We had some. This is a variable we have nothing to do with. But the other thing is, you don't know. I just find it to be in a logical manner. There is no way to know whether Notre Dame will play better worse or exactly the same without Brian Kelly. There's no way to know. You can guess it. You can say, hey, you lost a coach at Brian Kelly. You're not going to be as prepared for a playoff game. So, therefore, we don't want to let you in. But I could argue these guys are going to run through a wall. They have the greatest motivation I've ever heard of. Like that old nobody believes in us, which is basically what every coach and every player thinks (laughs) to motivate themselves. They can literally be like, our own coach didn't believe in us. Nobody believes like they are out to prove so I, they could play better. You don't know that like if they make Marcus Freeman the defensive coordinator, the interim coach, you don't know that he's not a better coach than Brian Kelly. Well, and apparently like, the players. Dabo Sweeney was a was better than Terry Bowden and Ryan Day's done really well and Lincoln Riley you know, hit hit some gears that Bob Stoops couldn't and Kirby Smart was never a head coach until Georgia just hired him off a of staff. So you don't know. So how can you just play, you know, crystal ball and assume they won't be as good? They might be better. You don't, you, and why would you have a criteria where there's just it, it, something is completely unknowable? Yeah, no doubt. Um, so I, I read it, when this happened, I actually saw one of your tweets come across my timeline and I had said the absolute opposite of what you tweeted, but uh, in talking about fit, um, because I said, oh, well, look at Brian Kelly, like he's not a good fit for LSU from a standpoint of just like cultural personality. And yeah. and I said that about uh, Aranda too, because he's so quiet. You know, I was like, oh, he doesn't really fit that program. I said it about Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State. He certainly wasn't the right fit. Um, we talked about Texas Tech, and and I felt like that coach wasn't a good fit there. So that's what I had said about Brian Kelly. And then your tweet pops across my timeline where you're like, oh yeah, talk of cultural fit. That's that's immaterial. And I was like, oh, you're probably right because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> if you can win. If you can win, you fit the culture. Yeah. I don't care what culture that is. Winning could, makes it like, fit. What's that? I said winning Will makes make it, it all fit. fit. Winning makes it all fit. <laughs> Look, Coach O was the perfect cultural fit at LSU, and they couldn't wait to fire the guy. Yeah. Um, they fired him a season and a half after. 
does it help if you fit in? Sure. But Les Miles is from Ohio, and and, and guys are from, different people are, are, you know, Nick Saban is, you know, from kind of rural West Virginia. I mean, he it's sort of South, but the way he grew up, like Croatian immigrant family and the back of those days, that that's more like Pittsburgh steel town stuff. Like, he, you know, I, what is Urban Meyer, you know, uh, where does he fit? I, I, I don't think that's like Brian Kelly's not going to be out of the town hanging out with people. These guys are working their little, you go to, you go to these facilities every week, Don. I mean, they just sit in there all the time. They don't – they're not out. And he's going to recruit – he's recruited everywhere in the country. Um, can he relate to the to the players in the South? I would think so. If that doesn't work, then, yeah, maybe it is fit and you can't recruit. But this is a really good coach, and if he wins, no one's going to really care. Lincoln Riley doesn't fit in L.A. You know, he's from whatever, Mule Shoot, Texas, West Texas. But if he's winning – He'll fit. Um, I just think, like, put it this way, like, co- players want – this is something about everybody. And Larry Brown told me this once, the basketball coach, because mm-hmm. he's, he's like, I don't understand player coach. You got Everyone's got a boss, or everyone's had a boss in their life at some point. Do you want your boss to be just like you and like the same music as you and eat at the same restaurant as you and be, be you know, have all this in common? Or do you want your boss – to be know exactly what he or she's doing, put you in a great place to succeed, have great confidence in you, and be super organized for for whatever business you're in. And that person may be the polar opposite of whatever you are. Which one would you choose? See, you want the person that's competent. So, and and I agree. It's like I, I don't need my boss. I don't need my head coach to be just like me. I just want that person to put me in the right spot to win. Bill Belichick it doesn't fit into anything. But man, he wins. So I don't even know what Bill Belichick is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think nobody, nobody knows does. who he is. But <laughs> and that's he has great. No personality, and everyone. And you know what? They win. Is he, does, he, does Bill Belichick and Mac Jones have a lot in common? Probably not. <laughs> Probably <but>. not. <laughs> hey man, we got Dan West along with us right now with Yahoo Sports. Dan, this this has been a conversation between me and Don today and, and the listeners. Um, what do you commit to? Now, with this coaching carousel and with the transfer portal the way it is, where college college sports and sports in general has evolved to being able to bounce away and go go away from everything that co- college is really supposed to be. And I think you just hit it on the head. I'm more on the side of, man, is it – so the question was, do you commit to the university or do you commit to the coach to play for and I think you just answered. I'm I'm more of a type. If you come in my my living room, you recruit my guy, recruit my son, recruit me myself. Just keep it 100 with me. Let me know when I'm walking into. If we walking in, this is a business relationship. Something comes along better, greener pastures for you. That's cool. Just like me, if it comes my sophomore year and I can leave, I'm gone. Like let's be upfront with this. So therefore, we know what we're getting into when we go into this. Not. Don't, you ain't got to preach to me family and, man, the culture here is beautiful. I don't need that to win. If we winning, it's a bigger goal. How do you do that as a recruiter now? Like, what do you, what do you pitch? Which side are you on? I mean, look, I think that you get two different types of, of pitches, right? I mean, there's mm-hmm. going to be kids 
uh, you take like you were talking about uh, Heupel's recruiting to Tennessee, right? There's kids right. that are going to sit there and say, you know what? I grew up a Tennessee fan. I'm from Tennessee. All I want to do is go play at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I love the university. I want to study there. I want to. This is where my friends are going. All of that, right? They're all in on it. And you're going to have a mix of kids that are like, all right, you need a wide receiver. I can be that. I can be that person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have people at, and and they may sit there, or even at a smaller school, right? Say you're going to wherever, somewhere in the Sun Belt, and you get an opportunity, and some kids are going to say, hey, you know what? I got a chance to play at whatever uh, West Western Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be loyal to them and stay, even though I'm now I had a great season. And other people are going to say, I got to use this as a step and so to jump. I just think it's you can't just do one way right and the coaches there's no loyalty from the coaches there's no loyalty to the schools the schools will fire you so Mm -hmm. quick i mean you know should these guys jump like this i I, again i'm puzzled by brian kelly leaving when you still have a chance to win a national championship but whatever um that's what they want to do they can leave but at the same time what are these schools offering i mean ogeron gets fired a season and a half after winning the title uh, right. Dan Mullen had one bad season. Right. Fired. Uh, Jimmy Lake up at Washington coached 13 games and was fired. Never even got to coach against Washington State, their arch rival. Because um, one year got canceled on COVID, the next year got fired in the middle of the season. Like, there is no loyalty any which way. This is straight business unless you don't want it to be. And some people will sit there and say, hey, I, I won't play at Tennessee. I won't play at Notre Dame. I mean, these schools are incredible places all over the country. Mm-hmm. And some of the people are going to want that, and others are going to be like, hey, this is every year. It's a one-year deal, and uh, maybe I stay four or five years. Maybe I stay one, and I bounce. But I, you better know that about your head coach, and you really better know about your coordinators. Yeah. Which brings up an interesting conversation, too, with Harbaugh. Because this time last year, wasn't it this time last year? We're sitting here talking about every fire, all the alum. Get rid of him. Yeah, gotta go. He gone. Yep. And look where they are now. Yep. Michigan took. A, Michigan has a little different. They operate a little different. It's one of the reasons Michigan doesn't win national titles. Like they're, fo- they're, they're the idea that Michigan has ever been this superpower in football is like folklore. It, you check the <laughs> records. Bo Schembechler never won a national. They won. They've won one national title. They Charles Woodson. Yeah. Uh, they win the national title or half of it in like '97 or '98, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. That's the only title they've won since the '40s. Like they're <laughs> they're a good, very very good program with tons of fans and incredible academic school, and it's a great place to watch a game, and it's great to go play football there and all of that. But they're not cutthroat where they're like we have to win the title every year. So you know they gave. They sat there with Harbaugh and said, look, this is an alum. This is a guy who's a great player for us. We think he's still a good coach. He had a bad year. We're not going to just – we're not just going to uh, overreact because you can't beat Ohio State. Almost no one can beat Ohio State. So they were patient, and it's paying, you know, they're paying off. And at the same time, Harbaugh, he's an interesting guy. Like, he's definitely different, but he also got – his pay got cut from $8 million a year to $4 million. And he was like, that's cool. His line is, you can only eat one steak, so what do I need the $8 million for? Yeah. <laughs> so he's happily coaching for half the money, Yeah. Like, and now he got, he got all these bonuses. He's getting all these bonuses. Like, if he wins this weekend, he could make another million and a half dollars in bonuses. He's giving all his bonus money to the athletic department to pay back salary on every person who worked in the athletic department that had to take, like, a COVID 
um, pay cut, right? So if you're the administrative assistant, you had your pay cut 20%, that money, you're going to get it back, courtesy. Like Harbaugh may donate $4 million in salary back this year because he doesn't care about the money. Guys are jumping to get nine, $10 million a year. He's making four and he doesn't care. He's a, he's a, he's a very unusual guy. <laughs> Michigan's a little bit of a different place, but right now he's got a hell of a team and it's, everyone's happy. It's working out great. So sometimes patience and all that can be great. Um, I, I, I mean, ideally people were, would be choosing be, co- recruits would choose a college, not a team and a yeah. coach and coaches would choose I really want to coach at this place and I never want to leave. Unfortunately, that isn't how the business works right now, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to bemoan that it doesn't, but ideally I think everyone would agree. Yeah. It's better if you stay four years at a school and a coach stays 30. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Wetzel. I mean, we can't let you go without hitting on this. Cause honestly, I've been wanting to hear from you about this since, uh, you tweeted about it and I found out about it. Our curling team is yeah. back from 2018. What they're back. Like they they didn't sign their deal with McDonald's for McFlurries and like right <laughs> off into the sunset. Team Schuster. They're back. <laughs> the Cinderella team. Of Korea, if you don't know the story, these guys, they lo- they lost four straight Olympics. They were so bad at the Olympics. They're, they're, they're our national champs. Yeah. Uh, it's a humble sport, curling. You can literally join a men's league that they compete in at the, at the Duluth Curling Club. Like, if you go to Duluth on Monday nights, you can take these guys on. And beat them. Not- yeah, and beat them. Sometimes people beat them. But they do they do get their act together. They are the every men of all like one guy manages a liquor store. Like one remember one guy, uh all he wanted was Aaron Rodgers to tweet at him. That yes. was bigger than the gold and it was and Aaron Rodgers did to his credit. Um oh, wow. so they lost four straight Olympics. They they were terrible. US curling didn't want them to try last time. They wanted some new blood. But these guys refused. They won the, the won the American championship again, the trials. And then they got to the Olympics, they're getting killed, and then all of a sudden they got hot. And five days in a row they won, and they end up with a gold medal. It's, it's a wow. longer story, but one of the all-time great curling stories you'll ever hear. <laughs> and uh, instead of retiring on top, they're heading back to Beijing. They won it again. So the thing about curling is you keep doing it. You know, it's no like, not like Usain Bolt where you, the knees start to go. <laughs> you just you keep <laughs> <Yeah>. going. <laughs> Yeah, you can uh, the age, you bottles, don't age right? out, right? Early. No, this isn't gymnastics. Like, yeah, man, you're 22. What? Oh my <laughs> but, god! So they're back. I'm gonna I'm gonna provide updates for you guys yes. from Beijing. I go into Beijing and I'll be all over this curling. I promise. Oh, I yeah, we cannot wait. wait. Yeah, I'm telling more. you, more, we're we're gonna find that hunk is gonna find that, but we're gonna play the Dan Wetzel curling story again. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable, and it's still my favorite ever on this show. Ever, it's my favorite story ever told. So, thanks, Wetzel. We always appreciate the time. If you want to hit him up at Dan Wetzel on Twitter.